Hello, you're listening to Martrek, the podcast that explores new frontiers. 30 minutes of chat for marketing pros who want to boldly go where no person has gone before. Your hosts today are me, Dom Hawes, and him, Simon Quarrenden. Now, in the past, business-to-business marketing, let's face it, has been a pretty dull affair. Technical documents, overly long white papers, dull case studies, uninspiring events. No more. Uh, We say that's changing, and thankfully, that's changing fast. Today, we are asking, is B2B the hot place to be? One senior marketer who certainly believes that is the case is Dave Stevens. Dave is the highly charismatic co-founding chair of the Business Marketing Club, and we're going to speak to him a little bit later in this show. You're listening to us today in a brand new podcast studio, which we've built in our very own offices. So if you notice a change of sound, that is why. Now, we started out, and if you're looking to start your own podcast, we would thoroughly recommend you go to see our great friends at One Fine Play. They have a really awesome studio, and they're very supportive in in how they help you kind of get things up and running. So, um, as our trade secret has already been given away by this month's interviewee, Dave Stevens, we can tell you we have been in the habit of recording our interviews a month early, and then recording the intro and outro for each show uh, in the following month. Now... Uh, you will know when you listen to today's interview that that is how we operate. And if you notice a change in sound, that's why. But bear with us, the soundproofing kit will arrive very soon. So here we are at the beginning of the year. Simon, how are you feeling about 2020? I'm feeling extremely bullish. And as you'll probably hear from later on in the uh, podcast, the political climate has changed significantly. That has fed through to, I think, there's a real feel-good factor all around the country. Um, and that's certainly been picked up by our agencies. All our agencies, MDs, are reporting, if not exactly an uplift in sales so far, but they're certainly all out there pitching. Uh, they're being invited into pitches, and we sense that, as we had suspected, a lot of clients were sitting on budgets. They now feel confident enough to let those budgets go, and happy days. So, yes, it's good. Is it one thing that we've noticed? It's it's actually just now twelve full months that we've been trading at Selby Anderson, uh, but those agencies that are mainly project based seem to suffer a little bit towards the end of the year, kind of November, December, and early January. And sort of UK wide now, it seems to me that we kind of stop work in August for holidays, like the Europeans used to. We stop work in December for Christmas. We're kind of operating on a ten month cycle what what can agencies do to see that off Simon yeah well um the short answer is nothing they've just got to kind of roll with the punches and I think you're right there's this tremendous seasonality I mean a really pronounced seasonality and we all kind of felt it certainly back in the last year where frankly even though everybody was getting paid for December they weren't actually doing a great deal and and clients really began to stop making realistic and large-scale decisions as soon as kind of late October early November. Now, for 2020, that's that's an interesting, that means that we'll probably be working with the agencies, pointing out to them that they shouldn't look at this as a 12 month. Here we are, um, one month in already, perhaps even two months. It, you don't have 12 months. Actually, you don't even have 10 months. You have something like nine months because you can forget December, you can forget August, and you can probably chip away at, at January and a little bit of November. So you've got these really kind of intensive bursts. Um, and, and I know, Dom, you've used the word sales sprints, and it's a really evocative phrase because it does mean you've got to have a big sprint, have a break, have another big sprint. So you can't see it as a nice, slow kind of progression through the year. 
It doesn't look like that. It, it's a fundamentally different selling shape. Yeah, so in, in a previous life, I um, set up and ran an e-commerce wholesaler, and a large part of our catalogue was giftware. So we were extraordinarily seasonal. Uh, seasonal. Uh, it was all basically about Christmas and a little bit about Valentine's Day. And what that meant is we had to think of the year very much in two halves. One half was maximise everything for sales, output and delivery. And the other half was getting ready for maximising everything for sales, output and delivery. And it was, you know, if we, if we missed the preparation window, if we didn't make sure we had the latest items, the latest products that everybody wanted, we'd have a damp Christmas. And I, and I do think that there is something that project-based agencies can do if they're on the front foot with their clients. Because if we know that December is going to be quiet, then if I was on the front line in an agency right now, I'd be making sure that in September and October I'm lining up work to be done in December, when, by the way, there isn't so much demand on our people's time. So if people want to get really quality and, and, and high productivity output out of agencies, actually I'd be targeting August and December when everyone else has gone away. Ah, well, you see, that's another point that's very close to my heart. You've got to know your client and you've got to know your client, not just uh, personally, but you've also got to know the client's budgeting cycle. So if if most clients have a budgeting cycle which sees them, which is allied to the calendar year, that means that they start spending in January. But actually, that means that budgets need to be put forward in Q4. Uh, The mistake a lot of agencies make is that they turn up to the client in November or December and say, have we got some ideas for you for next year? And the client says, well, I wish you'd shown it to me earlier because budgets are closed. And we put all these together. We had to submit our budget in October. That meant that you needed to really come to us in August so that we could discuss it, we could look at it, we could refine it, and we could then agree it in September. If we liked it, we'd incorporate it in the budget application for October. It would be approved and you'd be starting on the project in January. My advice to agencies, know your client's budgeting cycles inside out and then work forward three months from that cutoff date and start talking to them way earlier than perhaps you would otherwise do. So we've got a busy year corporately as well, because right now... As we record this, we are exactly halfway through due diligence on our biggest transaction to date, which is a very exciting place to be. And we've got more in the pipeline too. So by the end of Q1 or early Q2, we are expecting to be on target to have doubled our size this year in the first three months, which is very exciting. And we are also looking for more agencies of scale and substance towards the end of the year. So if you, my good listeners, are agency owners and you fancy joining our party, why don't you get in touch? You can find details of us on our website, which is martrekpodcast.com. Today, we're asking business marketing clubs, Dave Stevens, is B2B the hot place to be? The Business Marketing Club is a network for B2B marketers who are passionate about what they do. Actually, why am I telling you? Hi, Dave. <laughs> Welcome to Martrek. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about BMC? Thanks for having me. And it's my favourite subject, so I'm very happy to do so. Um, the Business Marketing Club is a network of B2B marketers, both client side and agency side. It's UK wide um, and it's run by B2B marketers for B2B marketers. Um, so we're the only sector agnostic B2B marketing uh, members organisation out there. Um, and we're really there to support the really important profession that is business to business marketing. We do it through a 
events. We do it through mentoring. Uh, we've got podcasts. Um, we've also got thought leadership that we uh, send out to our members on a regular basis. And we're there really to support people in in what, you know, let's face it, is the toughest profession in business. <laughs> and if people want to find out more about the BMC, how do they do that? Um, do look us up. We're at businessmarketingclub.org.uk um, and there's a little button on there where you can actually either ask some questions or else join us straight away um, or come along to one of our events. You know, um, if, if you want to just try us out, you can come along to your first event free of charge. Um, if you want to come again, we will charge you. But, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of come and come and have a look and, and see what we do and see if it's for you. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey. I, I have to say I'm feeling very tiggerish today and I hope you feel the same too. And the reason I'm feeling tiggerish is that we are a month two into a brand new government, yep. which has been pretty much given a mandate by the British government, uh, by the British people to get Brexit done and get lots of trade deals done. And it's going to be charging around the countryside and around the world. It's only going to turn around to UK PLC and say, right, we've done the trade deals go export and go build the business. Mm. And of course, that has to be a wonderful opportunity for all us B2B marketers. Well, um, I think there is a lot more confidence out in the marketplace right now. Um, the listener has got the advantage over us all of, of being kind of some way ahead because we're, we're recording this. I'm sorry to give away your trade secrets. We're recording <laughs> this in, in early January. So who knows where we'll be when 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 this goes out. But right now, um, there is undoubtedly um, a measure of greater confidence out there and it's seen through the way that organizations are now committing to more long-term marketing and sales programs than you would have seen before for instance and um, in terms of b2b marketing i think b2b marketing is in a brilliant position to be able to champion the uk globally. I think we've always been in a position as a profession where the uh, customer experience that we're able to champion has been something that has put us streets ahead of both Europe and, and the US. And, and, and I think additionally, in, in kind of areas where we might have been said not to be trailblazing, like, for example, we're perhaps not as high on disruptive innovation as as some of our um, uh, competitor countries. I think over the last 12 months, there have been some really encouraging examples in, for example, the tech sector, which have shown that actually we are prepared to step up to the plate. So I think we're in a good position. We are. We all come from within the industry and we like to think that we are, that we are world class. Yeah. You know, there are areas, obviously, you've just, you've just said there are areas that we're good and areas is that we're not good. Yeah. Um, if if the UK B two B marketing sector was to write itself a report, what are the must try harder areas? Do you think? Let's let's be positive first of all. So I think there are some areas where we are world class. Okay. We are world class in customer experience. We're world class in our creativity and and the way that we apply creativity to business to business marketing, which you you know is 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 really important to me. I think some of the areas where we 
perhaps need to step up just a little bit more. Um, but where I, th- I think we're doing an okay job, we're just not world leading, is in our preparedness to actually act as disruptors within the business and actually um, reposition the business in terms of its outlook and so create greater opportunities for growth. And, and, and so we it's a terrible term. We as marketers need to try a bit harder in terms of thinking outside of the box I lit, a, a little bit as to, as to how we can uh, nudge our businesses on a bit more. That's interesting. We talk a lot about the role of agencies being challengers, actually, which I guess plays to the same point that you have to challenge before you can disrupt yes um so that's a, that's a uh, and, and i think that's you know i i think there's the the role of agencies is very much to try and challenge their in a supportive way challenge their their client side marketers the role of client side marketers is to do exactly that same thing within their businesses so each party needs to kind of challenge challenge the next party in the chain well, it's delighted to hear that you are as tigerish as I am, in that case, Dave. Uh, and I think we're using this uh, term world class and we we're kind of banding it about. And I just wanted to kind of, uh, I, there's a plea uh, that perhaps amongst our listeners, maybe some government ministers, I know that's a long shot, but the hope is that there's a government minister. And my plea to the government minister is, let's get behind the British creative services industry. When we went into Europe, uh, world leading industries were things like iron and steel industries, car manufacturing, textiles, financial services. As we're coming out of Europe, um, some of those industries have perhaps fallen away, certainly not financial services, but, but the growth of creative services industry over that time period has been enormous. Um, and I looked up some facts and figures. You know, we generate 5% of the economy over 100 billion and employment in the creative services industry is growing at twice the rate of the national economy. This is truly a world leading industry. And as we go back out there drumming up business for UK PLC, we need to make sure the government gets behind the industry. Now, it is up to the industry to kind of step up and demonstrate that it is world leading. Yes. But I do want the government to get behind us and to say, you know what? The British creative services industry is world leading. What can we do to support them to ensure that we win the business that we want for the future? Do you have a view on that, Dave? I think that's spot on. I, I, I think actually brand Britain needs to get its mojo back a little bit after the last couple of years. And actually, we as a, a, a profession can help brand Britain to do that. You know, there's a real opportunity to position ourselves strongly, for instance, as a, an independently minded player out there, um, someone who is, is prepared to look at all of the best that is, a, is around and actually select the, uh, in an independent way, select the right route for us. We're, we're not tied in in the way that we were before. And that presents an enormous opportunity for us if we're prepared to take it. You made a point earlier on, Dave, uh, it, we are good at creativity. Britain is good at creativity. Uh, if you look at films, fashion, photography, music, right across the creative board, um, you'll see that we are really, really good at what we do. And mm. that employ, obviously, you know, we're looking specifically today about B2B marketing, but I see that as being part of the whole. Why is it? Is it our education? Is it our culture? Is it our history? Why are we so good at it? Mm. I, I think it's a combination of, of all of those things. So we've got a tremendous history and legacy that we can build on in the creative services. And um, from an education perspective, we've got that nice balance between 
science and art that you don't see in many other countries in, in, in the world. Creativity is one of those things whereby you can you can kind of almost process it out of existence if you're not careful. And I think there are a lot of countries out there that do just that. We don't. And if you take that plus the legacy uh, uh, of um, many, many years of, of, of doing this sort of thing, we're in a we're in a great place now and, and, and we should just really build on that platform. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. When we look at B2B marketing, um, unlike brand marketing, which sort of tends to be like a blob of brand yeah. marketing, um, we tend to think very much about different, ver- different vertical markets. And um, different, each different vertical market obviously has its own characteristics. Some are a lot more forward-looking. Some are a lot more conservative. Are there any particular markets in the UK that you think are kind of leading B2B marketing output? Um. That's really, really difficult because I, I think B2B marketing does differ across different verticals, sometimes quite dramatically. I think if you're looking at some of our technology businesses, they are really doing a great job, I think, at the moment in terms of driving forward some of the innovation that I see in marketing. Um, also, in, in terms of driving forward some of the um, more digital approach that, that you might might be looking at. If you look at professional services, actually, it's it's some of the approach to account-based marketing that I think is really, really interesting and 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 and, and world class. So, I, I'm going to kind of fudge my answer to your <laughs> really, really good question, which is I, I think that in each sector there is something to really be able to stand behind. Okay, and if if um, marketers uh, want to embrace the opportunities that we all are saying exist in post-Brexit Britain. Yeah. Where do they start? Well, I I think that now is the time to really get behind each of the each of the businesses that you operate in. So there, we've gone through times of uncertainty. There's an opportunity now, for the first time in a while, to really think big, to to you know to to stop hunkering down and instead look at what the big transformational disruptive things you can do in your business are and really get behind them because now is it now is the is the real opportunity for um for us to to be able to show what we can do as a profession so to achieve that you're going to need the support of the agency network simon yeah. you run the business end of our own agency network what should we be doing to help uk plc compete oh uh from an agency's perspective well uh, you you won't be surprised to hear for the regular listeners of this podcast you'll know that i'm a uh, uh, passionate about training uh and it's really important that the anybody in the agency space is being uh, continuously up, you know all agencies have to continue to upskill their workforce they've got to give them both technical skills but also commercial business skills to allow them to engage with their clients uh it, it, at a more consultative level otherwise they are i'm afraid going to get left behind um and i think the agencies also have got to embrace they mustn't lose that creativity spark that yes. they've got but they've got to embrace things like 
big data, uh, AI. Uh, they've got to understand data science. They've got to incorporate that in their offer. Um, and they've got to do it almost uh, flawlessly. They've got to be seen to be absorbing these new things. But so it's not about don't throw out the, the creative baby uh, with the bathwater because you now want to embrace data science and big data. Try and adapt both. The data is going to give you better insight into your customers, but the creativity is the given and it can never go away. I think that's right. Can I add one more thing? I think you've got to help us stop being so humble. The B2B marketing profession is an amazing uh, profession to be in. 80% of all UK for, uh, firms derive at least some of their income um, from B2B. Um, 44% um, of UK turnover comes from B2B activity. It, we really mustn't be humble. It's an amazing profession to be in and to support. Wow. Well, that's made us sit right. back. Yes. Right. And, and hey, we're in the right place. Absolutely. <laughs> for once in our lives, we've spent 20 or 30 years in B2B marketing. And if you went to a, a social occasion and said, what do you do? I say B2B marketing. People would sort of look desperately around in the room to find other people to talk yeah. to. And yeah. they try and find the brand marketers because they were seen to be rather more sexy and inciting. Mm. You've just shown that that's no longer the case. I, I, I really think this is much more interesting than marketing soap. There's a really big opportunity out there if we choose to take it. Dave, you're a really busy man, because as well as running the BMC <laughs> and doing interim CMO work, you're also a prolific blogger, and you're now also a podcaster too. <laughs> and one of the areas um, on your blog that I like, you talk a lot about creativity and yeah. you showcase brands, B2B brands that are using creativity well. How does creativity generally sit in your opinion with, B, with B2B? Um, I think it's an integral part of what B2B is about and and if anybody wants any um research to try and back that up look at the Burnett and field work on b2b over the last sort of 12 months or so which talks about dis the importance of distinctiveness and prevalence um in b2b branding and you can't have that without creativity overall there were some amazing businesses. I, I put some of them on my blog, but you know, if you look at Zero, you look at Airtable, you look at EarthEye, the list goes on. All of them are, are, are really harnessing creativity um, within B two B. You know, the the the, the important. I guess at the heart of your question, there's this there's this thing that well, you know, is B two B somehow only about rational decision making and and the answer to that is no um you know whether you're in b2b or b2c as a consumer you use a lot of emotion within the decision making process that you have um and it might have been true 30 years ago that you had a um a, a fundamentally mr spock type decision to make within business but it sure as hell isn't true anymore yeah we, we talk a lot about the heart being the gatekeeper to the head um and um <laughs> One of my bet noir, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, beforehand is, is marketing automation. So yeah. do you think marketing automation, does it help or does it hinder B2B when you're talking about brand building? Well, I think it's the application of the uh, of marketing automation that is, is is fundamental here. And there are far too many businesses that jump straight in to trying to automate their processes without actually having 
decent processes and without having a decent strategy. The the hard truth is the B2B marketing fundamentals haven't changed over the last 20 years. You know, I, I, I still need to have a really, really good understanding of the environment that I operate in. There's a whole bit of diagnosis work I, I need to do. I still need to get behind understanding how I can support the business objectives. I still need some marketing objectives. I still need to then look at how do I apply my segmentation, my targeting, my positioning, my strategy to that. I then need to go into um, the different types of, of tactic that I have to, to be able to deploy. I'm then implementing it and then I'm going through monitoring and control. That has not changed. Um, and, and, you know, all you need to, I, I think quite often we, we kind of just forget about that and instead go to the nice shiny, oh, let's automate this. Um, there's fundamentally nothing wrong with the concept of marketing automation, but there's everything wrong with jumping to it before you've actually got the basics in play. And I've not yet worked or or seen a business that intuitively has got everything it it needs out of the basics in in, in play to really make automation work. And then AI came along. So just when we're (laughs) trying to focus on the basics, we're all being told we're going to be AI'd out of existence. There's a lot of hype around. Yes. Do you think AI is a boost or a distraction to the sector right now? Well, right now it's a distraction, but that statement will will date. I think there's a lot of work to be done to get businesses into place where they can really properly take advantage of AI. Because um, like the, with the conversation on, on marketing automation earlier, the real risk here is that it's deployed without the actual infrastructure that you need in order to really be able to make it as effective as, you know, quite obviously um, its potential suggests it could have. Dave, um, the Business Marketing Club, I haven't had the pleasure of attending yet. Dom, Dom Why did. Why not? Well, I'm going to come, don't okay, worry. That's right. I'm coming along. But Dom did and he came out and he came absolutely singing the virtues of the club. What What is the kind of the number one topic which continues to kind of come to the fray what what well the, the well the topic is picked by the members i i i like to think that there's 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 kind of a, there are two tracks going on in b2b marketing so i think one track is the thing that you always read about in social media and and uh in in media generally where where you've got journalists who are are trying to make stories or sell the latest uh, conference uh, or, or, or whatever. So, so they will talk about um, topics of the day um, and, and these kind of fad things that kind of pop up and, and are things, oh, we, we, we really must talk about. Most of those, I think, are distractions. You know, we want to talk about branding. We want to talk about um, customer experience. Uh, we've got our our next event is on thought leadership. Thought leadership has been going for years. But actually, ultimately, that 
from a day-to-day basis is what most people in B2B marketing are, are worrying about. They're not worrying about blockchain. They are worrying about, you know, how do I uh, fill my uh, CRM? How do I create growth for my business? How do I ensure that I represent my customers in, in my business? How can I uh, come up with um, something that actually makes my business famous? And that's always been the case, but those are the fundamentals that I think are are, are most needed to to support the profession because you've got this other track going on, wittering on about things that, frankly, none of us in our lifetimes are really going to be concerned about. That might be controversial. You might want to edit that <laughs> bit out. But it, it, it's kind of, I guess the point is, that it, it, it's, it's the fundamental basics of the profession that really haven't changed. I don't think we will edit that out because I love that bit. But <laughs> oh, no. I take the point, particularly with something like blockchain, right? So yeah, undoubtedly, when it when it's mature and we yes. need it, we yeah. bring it in. But yeah. right now, if all we do is chase our tails about new opportunities and shiny new things, we ain't going to get the job done. I, I went to a B2B marketing conference about, about sort of 12 months ago and I, I was speaking there. And, and what I usually do with these sort of things is I, I rock up early and case the joint and, and, you know, try and get a sense of, you know, well, what's the audience and so on. And there was this conference conference room that was utterly packed with marketers and the the, the speaker was talking about blockchain and uh, afterwards in the, the kind of coffee session I went around and, and kind of said you know well what did you make of that because frankly I was worried because I was coming in and, and speaking about something that I thought was a bit more basic than that it certainly wasn't as sophisticated as blockchain nobody I spoke to knew from sitting in that hour-long conference what it was that they were supposed to take away and apply that that's that's just a waste well wasn't that interesting listeners interesting cause also this question about uh agencies challenging clients and um that's always a favorite topic of mine uh, and i you know we need to be careful about how we use the word challenge we encourage our our agencies to actually challenge the clients but in a positive constructive collaborative way it's not to say that the brief is shall we say less than good but actually that the brief can be further improved so i you know i love this word challenge because challenge of brands and challenging the brief it's a good healthy wholesome thing to do and shouldn't be seen as a negative area of conflict that is a wrap for this edition of martrek we do hope you enjoyed uh, dave's uh, interview and discussion as much as we did And we'll see you next time. Now, if you go to our website, martrekpodcast.com, we will list there details about the B2B Marketing Club. We thoroughly recommend you go along. It's the first Tuesday of every month. And we'll also put links up there to other stuff we've discussed today. Thanks very much. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. (laughs) 